Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Nicole, you're like a movie buff, right? Sort of. Sort of. Uh, what? Sort what of. Film. <laughs> like, what are those films that have, like, kind of that, like, scandal behind them? That they're, like, more famous for the scandal than they are for the film themselves, right? Yeah. Oh, there's so many like, of them. Like, Geely comes mm-hmm. to mind. Yeah. Uh, Cleopatra is one of them with Elizabeth Taylor and, um... oh, why can't I think of his name right now? Richard. Burton, Richard Hawkins? Burton, yeah, where they had an okay. affair and they were caught with camera, paparazzi caught them and stuff, and it was like Ooh, really, that is really famous. Scandalous. Another yeah. actually big one was The Last Picture Show, 1971, when Peter Bogdanovich left his wife for Sybil Shepherd. And that like whole subsequent thing became so pop, like, like newsworthy that they made a movie out of it in the 80s. So, mm. yeah, I'm like, you're missing a big one. So, that I was keeping for the end, unless you're thinking of a different one than our topic today. Uh, no, I think I was only thinking of the topic one. Oh, let me see if Eddie, Eddie Z in the house. Do you know any movies that have like scandal that are more famous for the scandal than they are the film themselves? Uh, no, not really. No. Okay. Great conversation, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, darling is probably. The most recent version of this, that is that's think. a good one. That is a very very recent example that of the scandal is more entertaining than the film itself. Although I haven't seen the film, way more entertaining. <laughs> oh, is okay. You saw the film. I saw the film. Yes. I wanted it to be good because the trailer made it look so good, like so interesting. That's a shame. It's worth shame. watching because there's some good discussion prompts, but um, overall, I was left kind of disappointed by the film. But, all right, Nicole, I'm telling you right now. That is not why I watch movies. I don't watch movies just to have discussions. All right? I like to have discussions while I'm you watching You watch them for wigs. I watch them for... Don't even get me started. Don't even. Right? But this is a great cold open because I think when anyone thinks about this, like, oh, Scandal's more popular than the movie, this movie comes to mind 100%. Yep, and that is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And uh, and it's 2024 remake by the same name, and it's 1996 predecessor, which uh, existed only for nine episodes. A, t- a TV show, also by the name Mr. and Mrs. Smith. My gosh, so many! You, Can you guys we... excited? So many, yeah. so many, so many spies amongst us. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a lightning round with at least who we like best out of the Mr. and the Mrs. So can't oh, wait for that. So down. Stick to the end of the episode to hear that. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. doing this in a belated honor of valentine's day did you guys have mm-hmm. any special valentine's day plans well we don't really celebrate valentine's day because our anniversary is two days later and so it's just better that way right <laughs> like, like why pay for a prefixed meal when two days later would we'll have an anniversary dinner just like 
have a better meal that is valid 100 percent. Yeah. yeah so now nah, eddie and i went for dinner yesterday oh no not yesterday uh, on our anniversary we went for which was the friday dinner mm. yeah which was friday and then yesterday we also decided fuck it we'll go out for dinner also it's a holiday weekend so we went for dinner we had sushi yet last night nice we invited you actually, Nicole, and you were miss busy. Yes, unfortunately. So, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, you missed out on a delicious meal. And then we checked out this new place in Western New York called Sticky Tiki. It's like a dessert place. Really, really good. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, check out if you guys go. Check out their pistachio banana crepe. So good. It's so good. And then we wrapped up our anniversary weekend where, by watching. Uh, True Detective, the final episode of the new so, season. So I was gonna say, do you have like any like? Do you like to watch lovey dovey or more romantic things around like Valentine's <laughs> or anniversary? True, true Detective is as romantic as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I I like I like my romance as a side thing wrapped up in supernatural mm. or spy or mystery thriller. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, no Alice and Robots in this, in this show, but it's so good. <laughs> so you good, so good. You would love it. Jody oh Foster, my god, amazing. We love Jodie Foster. Yeah, it's so good. She's in our, she's in our club, right? I'm sorry, Jodie. She out? Yeah, no, yeah, she's, yeah, she's totally out. She, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she was great. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I'm a big Jodie. I'm like that she has somewhat of a mini comeback right now because she hasn't really been anything. And now here she is in Nyad with like Academy Award nominated film and now this show. So it's nice. Oh, to she's going to definitely get an Emmy nom for this show. Uh, she's so good. But it's so I was reading an article about like, why is this show so in your face heterosexual when it should be so <laughs> queer coded? <laughs> it's And it's true. I love like, that article it's already. How hetero this show is, is like so in your face about it. And yet. It's. It feels like it should be a very queer show. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, article and stuff. Uh, but I, I loved it, and I, I still love the show. The show's so good. So, uh, funny enough, too, because <clears throat> I the opposite of rom com. My significant other, she's really into rom com. So we've been watching rom coms lately, and I was like debating as to whether or not this movie is a rom com. Do you think it's a rom com? Um, I don't. It's not a comedy, right? It's more like I, th- I, I think know. it's a comedy. It's funny. There's, yeah. there's some funny elements. I don't know if it's a. It's not like a ha 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 comedy. I don't know. It's definitely a rom action film. Mm. Right. Like I would say, because uh, I I think that they take more, the action takes more precedence over the, the comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's like action rom com. I mean, it's definitely romantic, and it attempts at least at being funny. But I guess to classify it as a rom-com would be maybe a little bit ambitious, which is interesting because rom-com, that's really hard to define. Like, unless it's, you know, some Reese Witherspoon or Julia Roberts movie, there are some movies mm-hmm. that it's like, is this a rom-com or is this not? And I remember even in this podcast, we've established like famcom, you know, like comedies mm-hmm. that are more Family centered. Comedies. There's not necessarily love story and all this stuff. So maybe this is like act-com, action comedies. I don't know. Uh, but it's been a while since I've I've seen this film, and I have never. Did you see it in theaters? I rem- yeah, I saw it in theaters. I remember oh, seeing so, it so in it, theaters. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But did you see it for Angelina? Oh yeah, I was a big Angie fan. Kind of still am. If she would be in something, I think I'd go see it for her. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, she's given up acting to like pursue. She's coming back. I don't. What does she do? 
What is she doing? Well, she's pretty much devoting her time to humanitarianism. But yes. she's going to be in the new Pablo Lorraine film. He's going to make a oh, movie wait, about also... Maria Callas, and she's going to be Maria Callas. Did you see The Eternals? She was in The Eternals. No, I didn't see that. Um, wow, I guess not really the big fan that you I, claim to be. Th- this, that's how much I would not want to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> so, which, what's, uh, but the shame thing about The Eternals, I think it's a beautiful film. It's like the least Marvel movie that they've made. Mm. And I think that's why it got so buoyed, right? Like it just wasn't liked because of how unmarvel it was. And it was just a gorgeous film, though. Uh, uh, who's the director? Shao? Chloe Zhao, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I know. It, I mean, good for her that she made a film that she wanted to make as her second film after Nomadland. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, she got that paycheck and she still made it kind of her own. Yeah, that's like kind of the dream. I guess the dream would be if people liked it. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so we got a lot of properties to talk about today. And I just want to draw your attention to the fact that there's also a 1941 film called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Did you see this upon your research? I do know of the 1941 Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but it's not about spies. It's not about spies. It's actually a domestic comedy. It's got Carol Lombard and Robert Montgomery in it. And... It's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, the Alfred Hitchcock, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The only comedy he ever made, and it's just not one that people talk about when it comes to Alfred Hitchcock. Really? Uh, I thought Rope was a comedy. Rope is not a comedy, and I highly recommend... I oh, 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 you've seen Rope. Did you like Rope? I've seen Laughed. I like Rope. I thought it was a comedy. I guess... Two gay men trying to hide a body? Yeah. I don't know. Nothing more farcical than that, in my opinion. I don't think you should, like, list it on Letterboxd or IMDb as a comedy, but, like, if you find humor in it, for sure. I Watch me. I would have been sure to put that on my <laughs> I love Rope. Rope's probably one of my top five Hitchcock movies. It, um, it is a good film. The only other comedy he made was, like, The Trouble with Harry or something. He just wasn't known for that. So, uh, but this movie we're not going to talk about. It wasn't part of our, you know, podcast watching preparation I just wanted to draw everyone's attention to that because I'm, I'm maybe someone who's listening knows about this movie. But another mm-hmm. piece that you might not know about is the CBS show that came out in yeah. 1996. Yeah, this show got lost to history. Got super uh, lost. <laughs> it, you know, I only found out about it through some research. And uh, according to my research, it's also not officially part of like the Mr. and Mrs. Smith like canon per se, right? Like it's not officially officially mm. but like the similarities are just so th- similar that it's just like impossible to ignore right yeah and the plot of the mr and mrs smith pilot uh show for uh cbs is that there are two spies in the pilot they are com- they're from competing agencies trying to get their mark and uh, eventually she gets fired as a mrs smith and so she gets hired by the mr smith's agency and they end up posing as a married couple throughout the rest of their adventures and the show was not well received by critics i mean yeah uh it got canceled after nine episodes yeah and the only the remaining they had like shot 13 episodes and they didn't even air the remaining four they only aired them in like overseas not in this country let me tell you i missed the day this is what's wrong with like today's streaming era like the idea of like missing episodes just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of sometimes a shame because there are shows on streaming that do not deserve to have pass get past like three episodes, right? Like this is I think it's such a um I don't know. It's something that I feel like this generation is missing. Like they don't understand what it's like to wait week by week yeah. and watch a show and then like realize, oh wait, it's not coming back because it's so terrible. 
Like, you know, like these shows sometimes had like one or two fans and they're just like just gone forever and you can never <laughs> see it again. It's kind of like when My So-Called Life got canceled and like people were like, but it's like halfway, like there's a cliffhanger. There's this whole story that we're <laughs> never going to see again, you know, and like yeah. incompleted stories and stuff that were just different. They hit differently. I mean, shows still yeah. get canceled now, but still. Yeah, they just get canceled differently. Sometimes yeah. they get quiet canceled in which like they just won't get picked up. And we won't hear about it until like three years later. Be like, yeah, now we're officially canceling this. Yeah, yeah, I know that happened. That happened to a couple of the shows that we've covered on this podcast that we loved too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. one day at a time is one of them. Yeah, uh, Dark Crystal. Time, yeah, that, well, we got, mm-hmm. Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal after its Emmy win. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> guess, what a good freaking show that was, man. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking of my so-called life, I'm surprised that one hasn't come back for like a revival. Yeah. I, or, yeah, like a, a reboot of that I could see happening as well. I don't know if I could see a reboot that's so of its time. Maybe I think a revi- like seeing where the character is played by Jared Leto and uh, Claire Danes are. Maybe. Like, what are maybe. they doing? Yeah. They could definitely do it. So it's interesting because Mr. and Mrs. Smith, story is kind of the same in all three properties, yet they all do things a little different when it comes to their relationship. Yeah. So in this first series... They're both spies and they're bo- they find each other while they're both working kind of the same job. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of becomes obsessed with her and right. he falls in like he almost basically falls in love with her. Yeah. By the way, although played by Maria Bella. Like, that's what, yeah. Yeah. So I don't blame him. You know, Mr. Smith in this case is Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap and Star Trek fame and Maria and Bello looking. And, and looking and Maria Bello is in this from like Coyote Ugly, uh, uh, what else has she been in? Payback. Payback. That's all I really know. Yeah, I, so I don't even know her from Payback. Maria Bello from on, Maria like, Bello fame. <laughs> yeah. I know her from Coyote Ugly. There you go. That's really it. Like... And I, I, I actually was like shocked that it came out in 1996 because I was like, Maria Bello's been, like how old is this woman? My God, she ages really well. Um, that's, that's also true, yeah. Yeah, so... Pretty much, um, they like they work for a private security organization known as a factory, and they're like they keep kind of uh, becoming entangled into one another mm-hmm. and crossing paths. But he's also going out of his way to like find her, and she's just like not having it. Um, is the dog uh, snoring into the mic? Because I I think yeah, I hear a little bit of a snore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually I actually moved the mic, so that's adorable. I think I might keep that in because <laughs> listening to your guys' pub snore is so precious. He's a heavy snorer, this one, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but in the first episode, they're actually working for different agencies, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, Scott Bakula Smith doesn't know who she is. And uh, I was surprised at, like, kind of what, like, we saw him with his pants down and, like, her legs wrapped around him yeah. in the very first interaction, right? Like, uh, that's their way to, like, uh, get past security right like pretend like they're having sex smart but i was just like wow this is pretty i didn't think they would show this on like cbs on broadcast television in the I know, 90s right? i feel like cbs is like specific demographic of like people of a certain age older age that kind of thing yeah, and i agree they, i think cbs skews way older they kind of want their magnum pi but they don't want no like they want like uh nothing too sensational yeah, mm-hmm. and this was pre twenty four because twenty four was CBS, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Girl, that was Fox. That was that Fox. Was Fox. That <gasps> was Fox. Yes, Ooh. yes, yes. What was the big was. '90s show on CBS? Mm, what was? Uh, was it uh, Chuck Norris? The Chuck Norris? Uh... <laughs> was see. it really? Uh, 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 Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. They also had Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah, they had the worst shows. Wow. The shows that I didn't want to watch as a kid. They had a lot of sitcoms. I think their biggest drama was Murder She Wrote, one of the greatest shows of all time. <laughs> For you now, but like as a kid, for did you RuPaul want to watch that as too. A kid? Um, yeah, I would have loved to have watched that as a child. Interesting. No, I yeah, CBS was always a channel I avoided as a kid. Yeah, CBS definitely as a child. I think NBC was cool and ABC was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh yeah, ABC was Disney, so. Did you watch more than one? Because one, the first pilot, I think all of them actually are on YouTube. Oh, I just saw the pilot. I just saw the pilot too. I mean, it was not very good. In terms of no. um, music, oh my gosh, this music sounded like the music that you hear when you're playing like a computer or an iPhone game. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. Which is just like so template And like, I know this was like the 90s and maybe they just like took, but like the music was nonstop and was so gimmicky and so awful and it's interesting how much music i think plays a part in all three of these pieces is how they they make the piece or break the piece mm-hmm. in this case it 100 broke it it was obnoxious yeah the music was obnoxious i think uh i think the writing was also just terrible the writing was not good their dynamic <laughs> did not work in that first episode it he really did was so you know annoying <laughs> they also didn't have chemistry i feel like yeah they didn't have chemistry yeah they, it was weird. I mean, it could be. I mean, I feel like at least by the looks department, like not that Scott Bakula is not attractive, but like clearly much older than Maria Bello's character. Yeah, he had almost like, too much personality, and she mm-hmm. had like none personality, mm-hmm. which is definitely yeah, yeah, the writing. But um, she was trying to be tough. I mean, this is mm-hmm. something that you see. This is the other thing that you're going to see in all three of the of the Smiths, right? The woman is always the harder one. Yeah, she's usually painted to be colder. Yep, 100%. The women, yeah, usually, I guess they're like the smarter one or the one that has like their wits about them a little bit more. The guy's more of like a kind of a buffoon, especially mm-hmm. in the first two, I think. Um, but all three. All three. Okay, so you saw a little bit all more of three. the new one, but still, yeah. like, it was just, it didn't work. Uh, I could see why it got canceled. Again, I think these actors are really good, but outside of this property, it just didn't come together. The best thing that we got from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the TV show, was that Timothy Oliphant got his acting mm-hmm. debut there. So that was Ooh, nice to see. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw him. Like, oh my God, is that Timothy Oliphant? First of all, he comes in with like that like horrible uh, soul patch. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, it, co- it took me a second. I'm just like, that's Timothy Oliphant. I didn't know he was in this. And yeah. of course, he only lives to for the first episode because he turns out to be like a secret villain. By the end of the uh, first episode, that uh, she kills. Yeah, he killed. I forget one of those Smiths kill him. Too bad. I, he was the best part about it. I mean, it was just he so template-y. and so it's nice to know that even in the '90s, people looked at it and said, "This is not good," because mm-hmm. it wasn't good. No, so. it certainly was not. So there's a reason why it was canceled after only nine episodes, and then that's it. Mister and Missus Smith would relive again. Uh, like what? Nine years later. Nine years later. Yeah, a film. Yes. Um, you know, originally that it wasn't supposed to be Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Who was it supposed to be originally? It was supposed to be Brad Pitt and Nicole Kidman. Oh, I don't know if. Yeah, Nicole Kidman just right after birth would have been in this movie. 
I, I hope they would have given her a wig. <laughs> Sorry, we watched Birth outside of the podcast. A little little bit of uh, insideness there. And then actually, oh, yeah. Lyman, the filmmaker, uh, Doug Lyman, he considered Will Smith and Catherine Zeta Jones. He also thought about Johnny Depp and Kate Blanchett. Um, apparently. Will Smith and Catherine Zeta Jones, I may have worked in mm. 2005. In 2005, yeah, it might have. In 2005, there's a good chance. Will Smith and Catherine Zeta, like, what a world we would be living in. I feel like that could have been easily franchisable. I think so too, because you know what? Right after Nicole Kidman left, Brad Pitt left, but then once they oh, got Angelina really? Jolie to sign, Brad Pitt came back on. Do you think he? I mean, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, right? Like, the salacious affairs that surround this film are the fact that Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie are known to have met during the filming of this film. And this is also around, this is the time that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston went through a very public, very, very tabloid spectacle of a divorce. And the allegations have always been that Brad Pitt cheated on and on Jennifer Lopez, uh, Jennifer Lopez, on yeah. Jennifer Aniston uh-huh. with. Angelina Jolie on set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't think they've ever confirmed this, right? No, um, but I mean, they've never it's, denied it either. So, well, maybe they that's have. That's true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like he straight up left her for Angelina Jolie because very soon mm. after they adopted, you know, a, a child together, and then she got pregnant, like the like in within two years and stuff. So it. It's all that overlap is pretty crazy, and a lot of people mm-hmm. to this day are either Team Angelina or Team Jennifer. It was just what were you? such a sensation. Um, I was Team. Let's not you know pit girls against each other. Oh come on! In this case, like how could you not? It's all his like, fault. This, He's yeah. the cheater. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. A million percent. Like Brad Pitt is a million percent of the wrong. But Angelina Jolie did come off as the seductress for sure. I suppose so. She, it's because she's so sultry. Like, you have to look at the optics about it. Of course. The optics of it is just like you have Jennifer Aniston, America's sweetheart from Friends, right? Mm-hmm. Not anywhere near as, like, uh, what's it called? As, like, sultry as Angelina Jolie, who comes in with her big lips and her big shoulders and her giant breasts, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like... Yeah, I, giant breasts. Uh, <laughs> I think... It's hard because obviously what happened, if it happened, is wrong, right? We're, we're not here to say you should cheat. But, you know, relationships <laughs> are com- are complicated and we don't know both sides of the story. And it takes two to tango and nobody is ever really truly, unless, you know, it's like physical abuse or whatever, a victim. Like, you know, they mm. contribute to factors of why things happen, so... I don't know. I'm being very diplomatic about this. <laughs> you truly, truly are. I'm to, on the side. I was Jen Aniston all the way. I think, yeah. First of all, I was a huge Friends fan. Yeah, there I, you go. When See? this is all happening. See? Right? So, like, it's just like, how could Brad Pitt do this to her? After they were on an episode together. Yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, on such a good episode. I was such a, I'm huge hots for Angelina Jolie at that time. So, of course, I was Team Angelina. I also did, but I did want to watch this movie because I wanted to know, like, it's just like, but was it worth it? And then I saw the film and I'm just like, I understand. 
I get it. I understand why he, he left Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. But also, it seems like we don't know, but it seems like she wasn't ready to maybe have a family and he was and Angelina already was starting a family. Like maybe they just had things align more. I don't know. Whatever. Private shit. Uh, as a result of the movie was such a success. It grossed like $487 million and it only had a budget of 110 million, but still that's pretty like, wow. I can't believe that it actually, I thought this movie was a flop to be quite honest. I didn't oh, know. Oh no, it was huge. Yeah. They yeah. were even talking about a sequel for a, a while there, which now knowing that it, it actually was a success, like I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel. Well, you know why though? It's because this movie has been accused of plagiarism. Oh, the 1996 show. Nope. <laughs> so in 2006, this is from Wikipedia. New New Zealand author Gavin Bishop accused the makers of this movie of plagiarizing his <laughs> 1997 school book, The Secret Lives of Mr. and Mrs. Smith which features a husband and wife living apparently dull suburban lives, but unbeknownst to each other, both work as spies. So oh, interesting. That, I mean, that does sound like the plot for the film. It does, because each Mr. and Mrs. Smith takes the whole two-wedded spies thing, and they do it a little differently. And in this case, in this movie, they're married, and they're both spies on the side, but they think that they're, like, they're living um, pseudo-lives as like domesticated people to their partner. So, like, mm-hmm. he thinks that she's just a housewife and she thinks he's just, like, a plumber or No, no, no. Something. She has a job. Oh, she's yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what he thinks she does, but she has a job. Yeah, they just... Her job is, like, kind of nondescript, to be quite honest. Just, she wears a business suit and goes <laughs> to work. Pretty much, yeah. They didn't even bother <laughs> he, it. Yeah, he yeah, he gets to be a... Constru- he gets to... We know he works in construction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what yeah. he does. And they work at two separate... Uh, Places essentially, they're spies for two different organizations. See, so are they spies or are they just assassins? They, I think they're more assassins, honestly. Yeah, the, um, this Mr. and Mrs. Smith were more like assassins than they were like collecting intel. Uh, unlike the 1996 show, which they were like saving people at times or like uh, collecting intel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one seems to be more like they they get a, they're, a name. They're almost they like special ops. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so was in like, the, in the TV series in the 1996 TV series uh, 2000 or it was um was it um was she a, was she an assassin that was like her primary thing the Scott Bakula one oh in the 1996 one yeah was that she Jane was the assassin and, yeah she was she, the assassin. uh yeah she was the assassin right so that was her specialty in her field he was just like an agent it seemed like and stuff that's why they they ended up getting paired up together Mm, yeah which actually that makes sense that they would have different um specialties yeah specialties there you go yeah i I like to say skill sets (laughs) that's a good way of saying it too (laughs) so yeah but in this version so they're more or less kill for hire probably like you know quasi governmental uh subcontractors and so, or whoever's the highest bidder, they'll do these jobs for. And yes, but uh, they do these jobs while trying to maintain like this, uh, like domestic life with each other. Yes. And then they pretty much are assigned to kill each other. Um, because at the end of the film, spoiler alert, you know, like these two organizations decided that they're kind of like, uh, what's that word? They're bad for business, essentially. So they need to be kind of expelled. Mm, so because they're in a relationship together yeah. i forgot like how 
I was rewatching it, and it, it starts getting a little convoluted by the end of it, right? So they, it's both of them are sent by their agencies to kill or to kidnap uh, a prisoner transfer, and they both interrupt each other's mission, and as a result, both of them are sent to like identify who this other agent was that interrupted them, and that's when they come to discover that oh my god, I'm married to this other agent. And so it becomes like a cat and mouse game of trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. That culminates with a giant sexy fight in the house. Yeah, because then they finally find each other at house. They like completely demolish their house and just, just like using each other. They just mm-hmm. fuck. They just yeah. like go right at it. Like just like after again, you do after you fight, right? I yeah, it, it, but like again, you see the chemistry was so strong in this in this entirety of the film. Yep. Like that whole fight sequence is so hot because like a they are fucking beautiful people. But B, like when it comes to this, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a sexy, right? They just like kiss and stuff and they like, rip each other's clothes, and we don't see any any anything dirty. But like it's so hot and sweaty when yeah. you're watching this. Yep, it's very steamy. Yep, you could see how they fell in love essentially. So, mm-hmm. and it's like almost uncomfortable once you, <laughs> you know the backstory and that they did like break up a marriage or during this movie. So. But yeah. so that's like kind of like the breaking point, and then they decide that instead of going against each other, they'll come together, and that they're gonna like join forces to pretty much fuck their bosses and like just be uh, like what's that word like ro- rogue, go rogue. Yeah, go rogue because their bosses now put a hit on both of them individually, and uh, all the assassins are now trying to kill them, or at least both agencies are, and they realize that. This is where I get confused. Adam Brody's character. Mm-hmm, the tank. He is, but he was kind of assigned to like get them. He was a bait, right? He wanted, he they, they wanted him to try to catch him because both agencies at this point were just kind of done with him. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That he's merely bait and an intern hired by each of their employers after they discovered the Smiths were married. So it was mm-hmm. pretty That's much. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they really hope that they, they would pay kill much each attention. other. I yeah. This the third act is kind of where the movie falls apart, for sure. Yeah, everything in this movie is a MacGuffin, essentially. It's just like, are they going to be together? Are they going to kill each other? That's it. You know, are they going to find out? Like, any of that other stuff is just so unimportant. Mm-hmm. This movie does not really hold up that well. Oh, no. But... It, certainly, it did it, it did it when I saw it in 2000. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I was just about to say that. But even when it came out, I was like, this movie is just, it's so basic. Um, Doug Lyman oh. is a pretty okay filmmaker. Um, he's like known for making these type of movies, like Born Identity, which I think is probably better. Uh, oh, I didn't know he made Born Identity. Mm-hmm. He made Jumper. Okay. I like Jump. No, I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, no, I do not like Jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that's a little different. Of, uh, Looper. <laughs> Looper, yes, that's very different for sure. Um, he did Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie. Whoa. Okay, now that movie is fantastic. Have you seen? I actually, that's a Tom Cruise movie I haven't seen. I would see oh, it. Oh, that is a good movie. Tom Cruise is fine in it. <laughs> the star of this film is a million percent Emily Blunt. Mm. She steals the show in this entirety of the film. It's so good. Okay. And uh, it, it, this is where I realize the star power that is Emily Blunt. Uh, because she plays like a really, really sexy but like masculine woman. Okay. Ooh. Like, she's so like her. Like, there's a scene where she's doing like a one-handed push-up, 
that she looks so fucking good though. I mean, like it's so she she's able to carry like feminine and masculine energy in this one character, and it's it, she does it so well. I yeah, I would see it now. It just had a terrible title. That's really what happened. That's true. It, it isn't the best. It's a very generic title. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Emily Blunt's fantastic, so I would totally now see it after this. You check it out. Uh, I love it. He's also going to be the filmmaker who's updating Roadhouse, so we'll be talking about him again soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very, very soon. Yeah. And he's being very vocal with his disappointment in the release of Roadhouse, um, which again, we'll talk about. Like He's like, wants his, I think he wants his name removed. Because he's so upset that it's not opening in theaters. And oh, he, I didn't know it was going to be direct to streaming. That makes me happy. Yeah, they're putting it direct to streaming. And he's like totally upset because Jake Gyllenhaal could win an Oscar for this movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this guy is delusional, right? Living in denial. All right. Yeah. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's a really interesting actor working, but that's taking the cake. There's no way Jake Gyllenhaal himself believes that he's going to win an Oscar for fucking Roadhouse. No, I'm sorry, because there's no way that this movie could even compete with the 1990 masterpiece that is Roadhouse. So I've never seen it. So. I cannot wait for you to see it. Oh, Eddie's reaction here. Oh, that movie just is that... just the best. It's one of my favorite movies. I only know Roadhouse yes. from Family Guy. Roadhouse is... I love Roadhouse. It's like it's like a, the sh- it's like the gayest straight film in the world. So true, okay. and and once in a while it always plays in the background in pints, too. Does it really? Yeah, yeah, That's a mm-hmm. good right. yeah. It's like weirdly like it's very very straight, and it plays a lot on like straight networks. But it's so gay. <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. That sounds exactly like uh, True Detective, Night Country. There you go. Hey, Just it all in your face back. heterosexual. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Did Jodie Foster pay you or something? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Although, if anyone, any network execs out there want to sponsor us, by all means, give us an email. Right? But so the thing about this movie, too, is that like it begins and it ends with them going to therapy. So they're already right. a married couple. And what brought them mm-hmm. together was their love, which is actually something that's in direct contrast to the new series, which I don't know if you've like, I've seen a lot of publicity for this movie on like my feed like articles being written and stuff apparently i saw that donald glover approached brad pitt and brad pitt was like not helpful with input about how he should play this character did you see that i did not know that i believe it because does brad pitt want to revisit that time period of his life (laughs) where it was just nothing but paparazzi and tabloids yeah good point good point and he literally seriously they literally were on the front cover of practically all magazines for like yeah. a good decade. Jennifer Aniston is a household name because, because of, of the scandal. Yes. Like truly, yes. she would have been forgotten by now mm. after Friends ended had it not been for this scandal. And I'm not saying that because she has no talent or anything. I'm just saying that that's what happens to sitcom stars, right? Like they fade away with time. She has not because mm. of how synonymous she is with her like, face every day. Yes. Yeah on some cover mm-hmm. she was yeah. on some show mm-hmm. it was yeah. kind of the best worst thing that could have ever happened to her huh yeah 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 in a way i mean yeah she was american sweetheart and then she was american's sweetheart who got her heart broken mm-hmm. so publicly too, so yeah. so uh so brad pitt didn't want to help donald glover yeah, he just wasn't the most helpful with uh that's at least that's a report who knows if it's true all of this is hearsay and allegedly 
So, although, like, I, I don't know. Well, I have some other intel about the other Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, okay. Well, I know I didn't know until I started watching it that actually Donald Glover is one of the creators. So oh, this is very much a passion. I got project some backstory for, for that. All right, let's hear it. Oh, okay. Well, we're not. We're done talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith from 2005. I mean, unless I you have it. anything else to say about that movie. <laughs> I mean, I know it doesn't hold up, but what? I'm asking you, like, what mm-hmm. other scene do you think is like just as sexy as like that fight sequence? Like of any movie? No, of of like this this film, the 2005 film, because it just had like some really sexy sequences. I mean, like, this movie is like the morning after the is also pretty sexy when they're kind of like, wow, so yesterday that was intense, and she's like wearing his shirt, and that that's actually like. And I think it's somewhat of a famous outfit of her in like the white button down with no pants on and him in like mm. the white boxers and white t-shirt mm-hmm. like that morning, them in that outfit. Like, oh, I think that's yeah, yeah, actually yeah. a very sexy scene. Yes. Uh, I was going to say the tango scene. The tango scene's all right. I think. I like it. it. Yeah. Well, apparently the tango scene is something that happens in every version. <laughs> that's like the oh. one thing that they carry over. I'm trying to think. Was it? Was it in the? They did it in the pilot. There was like a scene in the pilot where. Yeah, they yeah, were I remember on... it in the pilot. They they do dance. Yeah. When did they dance in the Amazon one? I don't know if they like fully danced, but in the second episode, they were like going to an event in like black. They they got in all dressed tie. up and stuff. So, I, I think mm-hmm. at that moment I just was processing that. I'm like, oh, and this is where they tango. Oh yeah. They do something else instead. (laughs) They do something else instead, indeed. Yeah. They do something very different (laughs) from dancing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. So I guess that would be my other favorite uh, sexy scene in the original. So, yeah. But that's it. So the film just came and went. Uh, Apparently, a lot of people saw it. I did not know this, but I I would have assumed a sequel would have been in the works or something, right? But not the case. Instead, the show, uh, instead, the property that was Mr. and Mrs. Smith was in the pipeline to get revived uh, for some time. And uh, before Donald Glover was cast, do you know who was going to write it originally? No, I don't. Who? It was Phoebe Waller-Smith. She was going to play Mrs. Smith. Damn. So she uh, was going to uh, take, she had, uh, she was given the, 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 the creative rights for it. And so she was going to go into production. However, uh, the first person they cast was Donald Glover. And Donald Glover came in. Now, Donald Glover also has experience uh, doing writing. He also has experience doing uh, show running, right? Uh, Executive producing because of Atlanta. And he had an entire crew ready at his disposal. Unlike Phoebe Waller-Smith, who comes more from the British side of television making, where it's usually just one person writing an entire series. Uh, Not how it flies here in America ultimately she left because of creative differences not necessarily a hostile one from my understanding more so of okay donald glover has the team he has the crew he has a vision also it's not jiving with mine because she wanted to be the sole writer and creator so she left and then they brought in maya erskine who i thought what a random person to bring have you seen her in pen 15 no absolutely a wild choice to bring in for this. So that's where I know Maya Erskine from. She plays uh, one of the leads in the show Pen15 where she's like a 20 or 30 something year old woman playing like a young like uh, the 13 year old girl. Yeah, 13 year old girls, right? Her and her friend. And the show is absolutely bonkers in how uncomfortable it makes you feel. Not because they're necessarily doing anything 
uncomfortable sometimes they do nothing crosses the line but like the thing is like their performances as 13 year old children and their writing is so good it's like kind of scary like how they capture this period in the 90s right so that's very relatable for us right it's taking place like when we were kind of that age in that time period interesting uh, okay and they do such great exploration i've heard of of, like what it was to be a child uh in this day and age uh i recommend it but this is where i knew her from right so when i heard she was gonna be mrs smith i'm just like that's who they cast as mrs smith like she's not i mean you know i was thinking of angel jolie where's the sex appeal where's the where is uh the sultriness right so I was already coming into this like a little hesitant as a result. Nothing against Maya Erskine, but I just know her in a whole different kind of a role. Yeah, and kind and of yes. didn't I didn't know what to make of Donald Glover either. I haven't seen him in too too much, but um, I don't really think of him as sexy, which kind of changed after this. I was like, oh, interesting. I also never thought of him as sexy per se. Handsome guy, uh, cute. I loved him in Community. He's one of the writers also on Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I enjoy his work. I haven't seen Atlanta though, and I I hear uh, people do rave about Atlanta. Yeah, same. Uh, so I can't speak to it, but I hear it's good. I know I never thought of him either, sexy. Then this show comes along, and I don't know if it's just the beard, and that he put on some muscle, but like he, oh, the black underwear. He under like so. <laughs> there's a difference between these two shows, right? Yeah, I think the 2005. Yes. Kiss. property is so in your face with the sex appeal but that's because they have two very sexy people in the roles mm-hmm. and they're doing sexy things i think this show is sexy in a different way yeah. like this show understands sensuality i feel like almost like it's not the sex isn't about like how attractive these people are the sex is in the chemistry well that's what it is to be sexy right if you're like hot like physically you just have attributes that everyone can let's say agree on that makes you a very very attractive person but you don't have to necessarily be attractive to be sexy and i think Mm. that actually being sexy is like i think that's better than being hot like i think that sexiness and like sexual chemistry and all those like vibes are just it's energy it's chemistry it's those things so I would agree that this show isn't necessarily about two hot people, but like there's a lot of sexiness going on, mm-hmm. which I overall think is way more appealing. I agree. And I agree. You know, I had no idea. I didn't even know that the show was being done. Um, I very recently watched it. I had seen a little bit about it on my feed. I had no idea what to expect going in. First of all, the amount of stars... <laughs> that I saw yeah. in the episodes that I did. Hey. I'm like, how did, wow. Alexander Skarsgård, John Turturro, Paul Dano. I hear Paul Dano randomly, right? Which uh, I know um, he's going to come back. Um, there is, uh, 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 what's her name from American horror story. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Yeah. She plays a therapist. Uh, you also have Ron Perlman. Uh huh. And I hear Parker uh, Posey. Parker Posey. Yes. Uh, who is, we love her. She was the villain in the very first episode we ever covered, Lost in Space. And mm-hmm. I, she just, I don't know. I fucking love. I would keep watching cameo. the show for Parker Posey. Oh, Incidentally, I, wasn't she also a Smith in that one? Is she? She was. She was a Dr. Smith. Yes. Yes, yes, she was. Yeah. And she uh, too here yeah. plays <laughs> another Smith. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love that. So, Nicole, you have admitted to us that you haven't seen the entire series, right? I have so, not uh, watched all eight episodes. Do you want me and Eddie to try to go around without spoiling it? Because I, 
what were your thoughts so far on the shows that you've seen on the episodes that you've seen like overall what are you your vibe of the show I mean, overall, I was very surprised by it, and I do think it's good. You know how earlier, too, I said, like, music can make or break it? Like, mm-hmm. I actually think that the score and the way that they, like, kind of create the sound for the show really, really added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost felt, like, way more mysterious because of it, too. And there is yeah. this sort of, like, mystery quality to it. I mean... because, yeah, like, the 2005 film had, like, a lot of, like... It felt like flamingo kind of music i think right like uh kind of like that guitar the spanish guitar yeah playing. yeah because they fell in love in colombia and stuff so yeah which is it just didn't, weird didn't feel spyish <laughs> it just <laughs> it felt kind of bland and generic um whereas this one i think is really successful the music is by david fleming i don't really know david fleming's music elsewhere but i kind of want to get more familiar with them and i mm. liked the approach i like the fact that like First one's about these two people who stumble across each other and he like pursues her and they're both like in the fields, but they want, he wants to pursue like kind of like a relationship with her. It's like, Hey, we have chemistry. We're vibing. Mm-hmm. I think he said something like that. Um, <laughs> second movie is about a married couple who find out that they're spies. This is about two people who sign up to be spies, but become unknown to themselves, forced into a fake marriage to mm-hmm. cover up their, their story. So there's no love. There's mm-hmm. no we start it from they're strangers to each other and they actually have to build out this relationship and they have to get to know each other. I mean, they have to live together and pretend like they're married and conduct all of this business that they signed up for with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really smart in how they were to approach a television version of this. If this was a film, um, they probably could have done that too, but as a TV series that lends itself to character development over a bunch of episodes, which I can already see it would probably really thrive in, in that sense. Yeah. Ultimately, this show is about a relationship. The beginnings to the end, question mark, about it, uh, of it. And it's just in the setting of, like, a spy thriller, right? Because the spy storylines are actually not at all front and center in all the episodes. Sometimes you just get glimpses of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just like maybe in the last like tail end of it. Uh, there's one episode in particular uh, where you meet two other Smiths, like another couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when they get sent off on like this mission by accident, the action sequences are so fast and cut and hectic intentionally, right? Cause like that's kind of their mind frame of what's happening. And then there's like the aftermath of that's what we focus on. Like them in utter shock, like, what the hell just happened kind of mentality and uh again it's just like i think the show i thought it was gonna be way more action oriented right because let's be real you're in we're in 2024 you i think now because of the budgets of tv shows and how they ballooned you just assume a lot of this program is going to be like so such a visual spectacle is what you're expecting yeah that's not the case this show is actually very very grounded on the fact that this is a show about this couple that is experiencing all the pitfalls that come with being in a relationship and stuff and what does that mean and it's uh it was an interesting take that i wasn't expecting for mm-hmm. mr and mrs smith especially coming from knowing you know the 2005 film uh, i kept telling eddie i'm just like wow this is like nothing <laughs> like like the 2005 version it doesn't feel like the 2005 film until the very last episode yeah I, uh, I thought so the- eddie what are your thoughts Oh, go ahead, Nicole. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I thought it was a very strong pilot. 
Um, I didn't mm-hmm. feel necessarily the same way about episode two, but in terms of pilot, I think it's one of the best pilots I've seen in a while. Yeah, the pilot was good. Like when they when they deliver the cake and they just saw they were just delivering for the first thing, and then it explodes, and they go on the run, right? And talk about like changing the vibe of an episode so quickly, like because you're just following this couple, and it seems so mundane what they're doing, and then finally, finally, you get the action, and the action you're experiencing it no no longer from like this point of like kind of uh you're like there's like this feeling of like uh oh my god like i don't know the chase that comes that pursues like they're on the run because they just blew up a house you know it just felt so i don't know it just didn't feel it changed the vibe so much but in a good way like i was just like oh like and it kind of sets you up for what the rest of the show is kind of going to be like it's not a conventional spy show it's not a conventional like it's not a thriller by any means this show the show is definitely definitely like not not that yeah no, absolutely. You said it well. Um, but Eddie, what were you going to say? Um, I, I definitely enjoy the direction they went with this. I mean, they, this, and they, it, it's almost where they, they were given the set of parameters and is what they made of it too. So they had this cover and they said, we have to make it look as realistic and possible as, as possible. But then they found a connection with each other. Um, and they were like, why don't we explore this? You know, and and it was a uh, kind of very uh for what you perceive it, a very quick romance as they just kind of like fell fell for each other, uh fell in love with each other. And you see this development as by episode six, which was an incredible episode where you see kind of like the beginnings of their relationship, they're falling apart. And this also in how this affects their working together as the spies, too. And I just love the world building that was going around with the little things that you can get, like what High High would give them. Um, they're like uh, three strikes and you're out, you know, living with that pressure. Like if you fell on a mission and you like you don't know whether that ever gets reset, like maybe after a year of work. You know, is it like three, you know, like I still, I did 60 successful missions, but I did three failures and I'm still like uh, a target to be eliminated from this mm-hmm. profession. Um, and the chemistry between these two actors um, on screen, on, on this, I just was surprised on how I was rooting for them in their relationship, but also how very clever this was very MacGyvy without being MacGyver, you know, how like quick they would figure shit out, how very good they were like, just churn, especially uh, the the Jane character, how very much she would be like, analyze the situation. Okay, I got a, I got a plan, you know, and not tell mm-hmm. him too. I love like her thing was like, she would just like go into a zone and like take over and he would be like, totally like, what the fuck are we doing? And she would just be like, taking a car and just like, racing the streets of new york and and just like figuring things you know things out and yeah um and then when you get towards the end and it's it's this very human very unraveling of their relationship and of themselves too like on um on a such deeper level it's like i'm finally gonna show you who i am you know 
mm-hmm. and you're going to show me who you are and and then it ends oh yeah the way it ends in such a ends. it ends it, in such a cliffhangery way but like I mean, not in an infuriating one right it's more like you the audience get to decide what happened yeah. you know the, the right? three shots. it doesn't end in a way where like what's it doesn't end any which way right it leaves it open like if there's another season maybe or it leaves it open i think which is the route that i would prefer the show to go is this kind of this idea of uh an anthology show where we see just different couples like different mr and mrs smiths around the country and stuff and how they uh interact interact as a as a couple right because it doesn't i think that's what this show showed me it's just like oh i love this idea of exploring what it means to be a couple in the setting of a spy like and then you can have other iterations of that like what if it's an older couple what if it's a uh a couple that's trying to dabble with like an open relationship right hmm. and uh what does that mean when you're also both of you guys assassins or spies uh what if it's this couple that is trying to juggle being in a thruple because this is how they're trying to keep things interesting in their sex lives right it just there's lots of possibilities that they could explore with uh with Mr. And Mrs. Smith that doesn't necessarily have to be with Donald Glover and Maya Erskine although I would love for them to come back because I love them together they were so good I think they had such great chemistry and I was just so surprised at how much I was go- I I enjoyed this show cuz I thought it was going to be like kind of like eh you watch a couple episodes and you you forget about it but it was just like right from no, the fir- I- and the first episode I just want to go back to the pilot cuz uh you both reminded me the pilot opens with two actors, uh, it was who one of the Skarsgård. Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, I don't remember her name. I don't know. No, I don't know her name. I don't know if she's like as big of a name, but they have like this Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt esque feel to them, and it, this was intentional. This was by design. They wanted it. They wanted us to see these Mister and Mrs. Smiths die on screen, to just say that's it. This is a brand new Mister and Mrs. Smith we're looking at, and it worked. Because I even got that right as I was watching. I'm just like, they ha- they weren't obviously Brad Pitt and Angelina, nor were they the same characters, right? But it did have this feel of like kind of closing the chapter on that 2005 storyline and kind of moving forward with this one. Interesting. So I, okay. I thought it was a smart choice and yeah. you know, not. Uh, well, I will say there were some great episodes, but uh, there's an episode that has Michaela Cole in it and uh, she herself is a mark. But, like, this is an episode that explores this idea of infidelity, right? And it's so, so good. Uh, this is right after their couples therapy episode, which I think is, like, another fan... Like, the couples therapy episode is alone. Like, it alone could have been a film, right? But, like, as, as an episode as a part of the whole, it was just a wonderfully told story where uh, Sarah Paulson is playing a therapist you know, couples therapy here to this couple now that's kind of going through a moment. Uh, and we see kind of week by week how this relationship is just unraveling uh, and what can be done about it. And uh, it just culminates with just a great ending by the end of the series. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't want to tell you much because I would encourage you to check out this show and to, to keep watching it. It's so good. Cause like, it's like, it's so good at how, because of how clever it is in terms of like, talking about relationships and i think that's why i ultimately liked it this is not a show like i said it's not a spy show this is a show about relationships and and intimacy i like i like that you say that too because what i've gotten so far from this show that i like that the other ones didn't do is that these are not refined people 
in the sense mm-hmm. like they're not refined at their job like they are in the other series like they're really good at their jobs in the other ones mm-hmm. and they're even like super attractive really beautiful people like everything about them is not necessarily relatable now even mm-hmm. though this is a show about spies and stuff there's this weird sort of relatability even in the way that they like fumble you know talking to each other and stuff like they're not the best at completing their missions they mm-hmm. keep messing up they're very clumsy and then they're clumsy with each other and that because it's like okay so since this is about relationships let's portray how relationships really are you know let's portray just how much we kind of make fools of ourselves or but like in a very charming you know way because uh, it's just real mm-hmm. you know so yeah. But in a fantasy landscape of spies. Of so. course. I mean, that's the big fantasy. That's the backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the backdrop. And then you have, like, ultimately what ultim- what just feels like just real, real couple. Like a real couple just navigating through just shit. And it works. It just worked so well. Like, I was surprised at how I didn't think this show would work. You know, you saw I saw the trailer. I was just like, ah, oh, I don't know if I see... Can can Donald Glover really replace Brad Pitt? Can Maya Erskine replace uh, Angelina Jolie? The answer is no, but they didn't have to because they did something so different, so yeah. unique that it's just like it's just like I I I'm just like oh this is way better than than the 2000 film and the 1996 show ever could be. You know? Well, the 1996 show is not much of a <laughs> I know <laughs> not much of a stepping off point, but. <laughs> Uh, any other random thoughts, Eddie, or should we just get into a uh, lightning round? No, I mean I do. I love the way it was shot. Yes, too. it was pretty. It was very beautifully shot. Um, definitely smart writing. So smart. I, I and you know I I've seen a couple of people's um, analyzations and reflections on this show, um, and one of the things that's been consistent is some of the best moments were just them um, just talking, like being in bed and just talking or sitting on the couch and just sharing with each other. And I, I know how dopey that may sound, but I felt like that was just like really, I don't know, significant for for their character development, for the, their, the development of their relationship. Um, and also to see this like contrary of like how they were as spies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last thing I did want to say, though, like I had said, it's just like the way the show ended, it leaves the open possibility. Sure, we can come back for another season with maybe these characters. We'll see. TBD. Or do we come back with brand new Mr. And Mrs. Smiths? And I, this is ultimately, I think this is not Donald Glover's writing. He 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 wasn't exact. He directed the last episode actually, which was actually really really uh, wonderful. But uh. He's one of the execs. I'm trying to think of who some of the writers were. Starring as a spy. Oh, he just got exec producer. He might be one of the main writers and stuff then. But I was going to say, like, I it does leave me wish, like, wanting to know. It's just like, what would Phoebe Waller-Smith's version <laughs> of this story would be? So, like, if they go the route of, like, okay, we're going to do a brand new Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like, like another couple, right? Like, as an anthology. And if she would come back, like, what? would those stories be like right and i'm assuming very different obviously we all because that's the other beauty about 
this. If you leave it to the writers, you're all talking about relationships through your own perspective. And we all have different perspectives on relationships. You're just throwing a spy setting into it. So it could be it could be really, really interesting. So we'll see. That is to be determined. By the way, did you know? Did you did you watch Killing Eve? So I know of Killing Eve, but I've never watched it. Oh, well, Killing Eve is the first few seasons are actually really, really good. The first season, which I thought was phenomenal, is written by Phoebe Waller-Smith. Did not know this. Yeah, I know that she's like an executive producer for it and has written a couple of episodes, but it's not like her show, not like Crashing or Fleabag. And right, no, she yeah, yeah. needs to come back with the show. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, Fleabag was so good. She, I just would, uh, it, again, it's one of those weird, like, what would the world be like if Phoebe Waller-Smith was on this? But we wouldn't have you know, the cameos, I don't think, right? Because I feel like that was probably Donald Glover's uh, pull to get some of these cameos. Mm, true. Yes, I so, think so. Yeah. But I don't, you know, again, alternate universe and stuff, what would it have been? But she was great. She, she uh, this show was great. My, I, I, I think Maya Erskine uh, was my biggest surprise how much I loved her by the end of this series. Uh, she surprised me the most right because donald glover i have seen him in a lot of other things and i know he has range uh maya erskine i've only seen her in a really great comedy so that was going to be a really hard hill to climb (laughs) you know what i mean like when i only know her for one thing and she's so good at that one thing for her to like kind of become an action star was just like oh great you know what you've got range girl damn i guess yeah i guess now she's an action star um, she was mm-hmm. very good, though. I did really like her. So, mm. yeah. I, I should continue watching it. Unfortunately, you know, I can't say as much as you guys can. But from what I've seen, I would continue. This is a relatively good one. And, you know, it's probably because we're only doing episodes every two weeks. But so far, 2024 has been pretty good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in so terms far. of content. So, I think we've only had one hiccup. I don't remember what did we cover. What was it? Was oh, I guess color purple was like okay. Oh no, I like the color purple. It wasn't great, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't amazing. Mean Girls was good. Is that all we've done so far this year? Maybe, maybe. Oh <laughs> no, no we I guess we more. did like uh, we did like uh, Percy Jackson too, the new one. Oh yeah, that was literally last week. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> or two weeks ago now, but true. Uh, should we uh, do? Yeah, no, I guess yeah. Two. So far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, and but this was not a 2023 leftover. This was 2024. So this even though I think it was supposed to be coming out like the last year, but they pushed it back because of the strikes. Mm. So uh, should we do a lightning round of the Mister and Misses? Yeah, let's do a lightning round. We'll start off with the Mister because like I was gonna say that too. Uh, so okay. Scott Bakula, Brad Pitt, or Donald Glover? Eddie, who yeah. do you pick? All right, so I'm a big fan of Scott Bakula in general. Uh, but Donna Glover was giving a whole new level, and uh, I was there for it. So I'm choosing choosing him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go with Donald Glover. I think Donald Glover really, really, he he understood the assignment, and he delivered on the goods. Uh, plus, I never realized uh, what a I guess what a what a transformation. I think he went from kind of this like uh, you know a handsome guy. I think this one he just understood like what it means to be sexy and stuff, and he was just mm. so sexy in this show. Okay, 
Yeah, I guess. He has some great outfits. Oh, great my God. Outfits. His fashion was his so fashion good was in this show. Like, the fashion, the, yeah, usually, you know how, like, and that's the other interesting thing, right? Because, like, usually when you're doing costume design, obviously you would focus more so on the female. But because of the dynamics and how they wrote the, the female character, like, they gave the fashion to him, and it worked out. He had such good mm. outfits. Like, episode episode six, it was like, oh, my God, I love that shirt. I yeah. love that shirt. I love that shirt. I love that shirt. I mean, he also has a amazing frame, right? So, like... Yeah. No, and yeah. I, I didn't realize he was that jacked, or maybe he got it for this role. Um, he did get it for this role. I guess I would go with him, just because the other two are kind of annoying, and he's not. At least I didn't mm-hmm. find him annoying from what I saw. I thought they were almost too comical. Uh, right. Particularly Scott Bakula, who I also enjoy. I think, you know, they kind of did him dirty there. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll go Donald Glover, too. Which makes me think, are we all going to pick the same misses? I wonder. Okay. Let's go. Let's, Let's see. go. So, Eddie, who are you picking as your misses? Mm, yeah, I'm a big Angelina Jolie fan. You are or you're not? I heard. I am. Are. I am. You are. Are you? I really, I really like her. Oh. I really like her. I like, won't pick her. I really like her as an action person. Like all yeah. Roles. I'm a big. Uh, she does action really well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, 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 I think that the Amazon Prime gave us an opportunity to look at this Jane character so many levels here like we got some deep dark secrets and understanding of this character so i'm gonna go with uh, amazon prime jane maya erskine okay what about you rolando yeah i also am actually i mean i did like angelina jolie was the better of the mr and mrs smith in my opinion but Maya Erskine kind of came into this. She came in as the underdog, right? And that's a hard act to follow. Angelina Jolie, like, to, like, fill in those pumps. And she didn't wear pumps. She decided, I'm going to wear flats, and that's going to be who I am. And you know what? You are. That, that is who you are, and I love it. So I'm going with Maya Erskine also. She didn't need the stilettos. She, she was okay wearing flats. Yeah. She didn't care. I mean, I'll tell you right now, it's not Maria Bello. I think they did a terrible job with her character from what I saw of the <laughs> <Yeah>. pilot. <laughs> she was very, very one-dimensional. <laughs> the real competition's between Maya and Angelina, and I'm going to go with Angelina Jolie, not just because I'm a big fan and I have the major hots for her, but because at one time when Katarian. she was making movies, she was kind of like the Tom Cruise. She does her own stunts, right? She's very much mm. part of, like making the movie she gets ex- that's why she loves doing action movies is because she actually really gets involved with the stunts and with the action sequences which is really impressive because not many women maybe Charlize Theron um, maybe it's more of like a thing now but when they were making this movie 19 years ago that just wasn't something that was talked about or popularized and people tend to look at Angelina Jolie and look at her as like a sultry wife man husband stealing woman but you know one she's more than that and the fact that like she's that like i think she's one of the best action movie stars at least she was of like the 2010s and stuff she's just so kick-ass and on top of it she's a good actress and on top of it she's super hot so you gotta give it to angelina jolie you don't have it's fine you don't have to defend it like i i i i agree with you 
I do think if Maya Erskine kind of stumbled in this role, or she just was like just as flat as they they developed the original Mrs. Smith, then easily Angelina Jolie would win because like Angelina Jolie, she is I think the bigger star power in that film. Absolutely right. I think she does carry the film more so than Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is just being kind of like silly, goofy, and stuff. She's bringing like kind of sultry she's also bringing mysterious she's bringing also sexy uh i think she's doing way more heavy lifting than than brad pitt's character did so uh yeah but 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 yeah but this new mrs smith i think is just like she was so well thought out and kind of well developed as a character that i'm just like yeah this is it's her yeah and it's unfortunate right because that's sometimes the problem when you're comparing TV show characters with like movie characters, like the TV show characters, you have more time to grow with them and like understand them. That's true. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's, and this is such a story that like everything kind of needs to come to a climax if you're making a movie within like two hours. So like the story is just going to not be strong enough. So mm-hmm. it was smart for them to drag it out as a TV series. Yeah. Um. Well, what do you think? Have you seen any of the versions? Do you like one? Better than the other? Do you agree with any of us on our opinions today? Reach out to us. You can email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals. Hit us up on Twitter at remakespodcast. Search for us by searching for Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals on Facebook or YouTube, where you can listen to full-length episodes. If you're listening on a podcasting platform, please go to that platform and give us a rating. And if you're specifically listening on Apple Podcasts, please head on over to there and give us a review because that really helps people find us and helps us grow. So we'll see you guys in two weeks for a special one that I definitely am looking forward to discussing. Um, because, yeah, I kind of held my tongue the last time we were in the same room in this movie was brought up because uh, I wanted to save oh, it for okay, the it. recording yeah. of this episode. So, here you go, guys. It, yeah, Me and Nicole are in a movie club together. And so... And I Eddie, too. And I, I don't know. I'm Seriously, and Eddie, too. too. <laughs> I'm, in in movie, club? I'm in the movie club. Uh, I didn't know this. And I... Even, too, like... Even Levi was, like... There was when you walked out of the room, Rolando. Levi was, like, so... What a, what does uh, Nicole Whitman think? Oh wow! See, and I was like, "Fuck you, Levi! Fuck you!" You, know, you gotta like, uh, yeah, you need. You need some not, I'm gonna go back to my werewolf picks. That's what I'm gonna start oh. doing. Then, nice. then I'm really gonna get noticed, right? I'm gonna be the motherfucker that brings all the werewolf movies. Maybe that's it. Yeah, once you if you develop like a personality, like all your movies are kind of the same thing, <laughs> then we'll never forget you. Yeah, um, me. I'm sorry, you know. This is why Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie could never work out is because like one there's always one person who has to be the star and you marry that star. Okay. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. <laughs> Getting our own Mr. and Mrs. Smith's dynamic right here. That's the thing I wanted to say. I forgot. Where's our Mrs. and Mrs. Smith? That's another thing you could easily do if you went this route or a Mr. and Mr. Smith. That could be the second uh, season, a queer yeah, version. like give me, I uh, give me a, I would, I would be interested to in see a lesbian take on, on the Mr. and Mrs. Smith franchise. Yes, but uh, what well, you I were, don't know, I don't, the gay might be too catty. I feel like <laughs> that's stereotypical. Hey, 
<laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> what you were going to say is that in your movie club pick, you picked a movie that we're covering on the podcast, which I feel like yes. we should avoid because then that's because I'm in the club now. It's going right. to be, you know, the three of us together in one club. We're going to talk about it. So maybe we should just record it and it'll release it as like specials. <laughs> maybe that would actually be cute. <laughs> but join us two weeks from now when we talk about the Oscar nominated film for best foreign language film that's currently on Netflix, Society of the Snow, which already had a film before it called Alive! Exclamation point. All based on the same true life event. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Was Alive weeks. with an exclamation point for real? Yes, I'm pretty sure. That seems inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, hey man, if you were alive, you'd be exclamation pointing it too. I guess. Um, <laughs> no, it, yes. did, it, didn't, it didn't have it. It didn't? Okay, it didn't. I think yeah. I just oh, added okay. it. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. It should have an exclamation point. I'm fighting for that now. Oh my god, that was hilarious. Okay. Yes, next week, uh, or in two weeks, we'll be covering uh, just in time for the Oscars, uh, La Sociedad yeah. de la Nieve. I love how they didn't update the fact that in the 1993 movie that, you know, like, it, they're on their way from Uruguay to Chile. And yet, all these people speak English. Oh, well. in, the, in the movie Alive, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, it's just a that 90s like movie, movie where problematic thing. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, you have uh, Ethan, not Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, you have Ethan Hawke. Slater. Hawk. No, yeah. Is it Ethan Hawke? I thought it was Christian Slater. Christian Slater's in it too, right? Nope, it's Ethan Hawke. Oh, it is Ethan. Well, Ethan Hawke playing a Uruguayan. Yep. So you yep. know, let's. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in two weeks. So until next time, stay Stay original. original.